Hey everyone, Steve here. I just quickly, before this episode starts, uh, on behalf of Jason and myself, just wanted to apologize that we didn't get any episodes out throughout all of May. Uh, The two of us have had individually kind of big life things kind of fall on our plates this last month or two. So thank you for still being here with us and you know, giving us the time and the space to do what we have to do and take care of what we have to take care of. And we really appreciate you guys listening and being a part of this community that we're trying to build. And going forward, we we are going to try to stay more consistent with at least two episodes a month. I think that's fair. That's That seems to be doable for us. So uh, we look forward to many more months and maybe years of solid, beautiful podcasting of sharing these amazing stories with you. So thank you for being here. And we look forward to serving you with even more value and great content. So thank you. And without further ado. Our modern Western culture places little to no value on the power of our nightly dreams to inspire, shift, and reorganize our lives. This podcast demands a deep reconsideration of the role dreams play on our path to a more vital and meaningful life. The following is living proof of the life-affirming power of dreams to affect change and redirect the trajectory of our inner and outer lives. These are the dreams that shape us. Decisions, decisions. So many decisions to make in the average day, some big and some small. Wouldn't it be nice to have a reliable source of advice to help make them? You do. It's your dreams. In this episode, you will hear my co-host, Steve Erdenwine, and our guest, Lisey Dutton, a New York-based publisher of the New Sun newspaper, discuss some big, big important dreams that help them make some big, big important decisions. Spoiler alert, we have a few Jesus dreams coming up that are mind-blowing. He has a habit of popping up in our most important dreams. Some schools of thought view dreams as mostly about the decisions currently facing us. Those decisions are presented as symbols in a story, and we know what it means subconsciously as we're dreaming. For example, two of your closest friends in a dream can symbolize two points of view inciting with one friend can symbolize agreeing with that point of view. But sometimes dreams are very clear about where they stand. No guesswork. Lisey's Jesus dream is one such case. It's still up to us to make our own decisions, though. Dreams don't impose their point of view. Instead, they give us the information and perspective we need. Too often, people want their decisions made for them, and your dreams respect you too much to do that. It reminds me of the dream work I did with someone who dreamed about a guy she was crushing on getting mobbed by other girls while she stepped back and waited for him to come to her. It shows her decision to play it cool instead of trying to jump into his arms. At the end of the dream, he ends up picking her over the other girls. She understood the dream, but then asked me if it was telling her that he was going to love her. I said, that's up to you and him to decide. The dream is merely showing you your options and the strategy that's most likely to get you what you want. 
Too often, people look at their dreams as all-knowing oracles. I'm your co-host, J.M. DeBoard. I now hand you over to Steve and Lisi, and I'll see you again later. Uh, welcome, Lisi. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you for inviting me. Very yeah, exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been quite a while since we've actually verbally spoken. We've been corresponding with emails here and there over the last 10 years, but God, it's been it's been 10 years since I left New York. Isn't that crazy? 10 years. Wow. Yeah, that's 10 years of dreaming in, in Minnesota. God, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But dreaming's good wherever you go, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Like, it, it had to have been like a couple of years into living here that I finally stopped thinking about New York every day. Oh, really? It's like, it's just like such a visceral experience living in New York. It's, you're so inundated with the city at all times that I swear little things would, would trigger memories all day long for the first few years yeah. <laughs> being out here. Yeah. yeah, it's very, I was thinking about the visceral aspect tonight. I guess with the pandemic and now things are coming alive again with spring and more activity, mm-hmm. there are a lot of bicyclists um, weaving all around, you know, and, and then some like kind of like gangs, for lack of a better word, you know, bicyclists and lots of big, so you really have to be alert all <laughs> over the place. Woo, you feel like you're in Bangkok or something. Wow, that's but, so interesting. But that uh, probably influences the dreams, at least on an energy level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess before we really dive in here, do you remember the night that we met? I do. It was that something related to lucid dreaming, right? There was a talk or some of some event or meeting that related to lucid dreaming. And my friend Marion, who's such a dear, she said, oh, you two should meet each other. You both like lucid dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the event wasn't even about lucid dreaming, but she somehow knew that you, that we both liked it or both were involved with it. Um, is that how you remember? Or am I remembering this a little bit correctly? I, I want to say so. I, yeah. I've been like racking my brain trying to remember because I have just like a patchy memory of that initial meeting that... I was kind of like, I had to go back in emails and try to piece it together. And I'm like, I almost feel like it was like, it was like a spiritual festival going on around that time. And I think it was like Sri Chinmoy or Chinmoy. That's right. And I think, I'm I'm guessing that it was like a talk on dreaming or lucid dreaming or something of that order. Yes. And then, and then she, said, oh, you must meet Steve, and you two should meet each other. And then there was a table, like, you know, things, books and different things to buy. And I remember Mary getting me some book about, insisting on getting me a book about <laughs> a lucid. So she insisted on the book and insisted that we meet. So I'm very glad that she did. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that that was like yeah, over 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess since we're on this topic, I was going to share with you this one dream that helped me make a decision, because tonight we're going to be talking with Lisi about a really profound dream that she had that helped her make a very, I would have to say, a pretty hard decision to just up and quit your job. Yeah. And 
So I was trying to think right after I, as I was getting ready for bed last night, I all of a sudden this, this dream just popped in my head. And since it's kind of connected to uh, Sri Chimoy, that whole festival that was going on, uh, I thought it would be maybe kind of neat to, to share that with you since that's kind of how we met. Um, yeah. But I was at one of their other events with a friend of mine and I was, I was telling one of the people that was uh, affiliated with that spiritual group, and uh, it was like one of his, one of the Shri guys, uh, uh, disciple. I don't know if a disciple would be the right word, but somebody that was uh, an old student of his or something. And I had mentioned something about lucid dreaming and how one of the other guys that had spoken at one of the earlier events had talked to me about lucid dreaming and I said something about uh, something that I had done in a lucid dream and the guy goes oh you gotta be really really careful about what you do in a lucid dream and it like shot like this really weird feeling inside of me and I was like oh what was that like <laughs> that does not feel aligned with something inside of me and it like really jeeves me out and I had been really enjoying going to their talks and their meditations that they were holding. And uh, one night, it was probably that night, I went home and went to bed and I had a dream where I was standing outside of my parents' house and I'm standing next to a dog. And my the family dog, our, our dog, was inside the house barking. Like, like a, it was like it was like a bad bark. It was like, get away from that dog. <laughs> a bad bark. Yeah, it was like a, a, a warning bark. It was like very intense and just like, uh, yeah, tr- just trying to warn me of something. And I woke up from that dream, and uh, when I started piecing it apart, I was like, well, dogs for me have always kind of been like a symbol of loyalty and a symbol of like in some capacity like unconditional love and it seemed like it was more of the loyalty thing because it's more trying to warn me there's there was like something pressing that i needed my attention on and uh my parental home always has kind of appeared in dreams as as home metaphorical home and like a difference between a house and a home and so it's always been it's always held like this this space within me of like being like almost like the home of my soul or like the, this like metaphorical representation of of that within me. Mm. And to have the dog barking on the inside of that home felt like my intuition, like that feeling that I had that night was like, no, no, no. Um, there's something weird going on here. Like you gotta get out of here. And it was like, I was standing by this other dog like I was having more loyalty to that dog because I was enjoying going there and was was kind of almost going against my intuition by deciding to keep going. And yeah. so it was like a really powerful dream. And I, I remember like as I pieced that apart, um, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I got to stop going there. And yeah. a friend of mine kept going and I met him. I, I met up with him like a couple of weeks later, and he was just like very strange. And I was like, "What's going on with you, man?" And he like 
I don't. He didn't really tell me what happened to him, but it, it, from what he did, it sounded like they were kind of culty, and they were like telling him he couldn't do certain things or hang out with certain people, or and just like really wormed into his brain, and he like was really messed him up. <laughs> and so I was like, man, I must have totally dodged a bullet there. Yeah. So yeah, that was a. Uh, That's great. Yeah, you know when you described that I can really I could see it and feel it and and that I love the metaphor of uh, you know inside your your home mm-hmm. your metaphoric the home of your soul you know protecting you right being loyal to you or wanting you to be loyal to yourself to that's great yeah, it was a it was a wonderful dream. One that I was like, "Oh, thank you!" Especially after I met my friend and realized that like, yeah. there was like a real, a real potential sense of danger. Yeah, I mean, I, I never, I didn't delve too much into that group. I, I mostly I just liked the music, and then mm-hmm. when Marion said, "Oh, there's something on lucid dreaming," then I went to that. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's a sense of like, hmm. I wonder, yeah, there was a little, again, I don't know too much about it, but I got that sense of like, this far and no further, (laughs) (laughs) they say. Yeah, like there was one meditation I went to and all the women had to sit on one side of the room and all the men had to sit on the other and they made some some like comment that oh it's like a it's like a battery and you have to have the feminine energy on one side and the masculine on the other and that's how you create like a spiritual force in the room. And I mean, a couple of people were kind of looking at each other like, this sounds a little <laughs> wonky. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, guys. But that's an awesome dream. Wow. Yeah. You have a good soul. <laughs> well, thank you. You too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so enough about me. Uh, so to to begin to kind of paint the picture of where you are in your life, uh, will you give us an idea of what year it was and uh, maybe like the season or time of the year it was that you had the dream? Wow, the season, that's interesting. Um, well, it was 1998, and I remember my... My father passed on in like March of that year. So it wasn't too much longer after that. So I was, you know, in the, of course I was profoundly affected by it, right? And so Mm -hmm. thinking of consciously or subconsciously or whatever, thinking about my new directions, you know, he went in a new direction and I guess I was wondering what my directions would be next. maybe a sense of unease about everything. Um, And so I was working at the Wall Street Journal in the graphics department, and it was a fun job, good people, um, creative, interesting. Um, And it came time for me to talk with bosses, and I asked for a raise. And it wasn't even a very big one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was paid hourly. I just added a little bit to the hourly wage. And uh, they said no. Um, and so I was kind of surprised, right? And felt kind of huffy and mm-hmm. not too happy. 
And <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the exact wording, but the basic idea was, you know, we'd love to have you stay, but we're not going to give you a raise. But if you want to leave, we understand that too. And I kind of wanted to, you know, really devote myself to this newspaper that I had started, print and uh, and web newspaper. Um, but you know, I also <laughs> job at the Wall Street Journal was kind of nice, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and then they gave me they wanted to know by morning what my decision was. Well, but you know, by the next day, gosh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. So of course, I asked, you know, for a dream, please guide me. What should I do? Should I stay or should I go? And then I did have, it was a, quite a dramatic, simple, short dream, which was, I saw Jesus in, in, in front of me, not like right in front of me, but, you know, down the road a little, pretty close. And, uh, he had his arms outstretched upward and fire was coming out of him and he telepathically said on to bigger opportunities and then I woke up and thought whoa <laughs> I think I have my answer I think that was pretty wow. pretty clear and so I I told them that I was going to go and uh, and it really t- just changed the whole trajectory and path of my life I, I got another print edition out and I got to I was introduced to uh, Dr. Oz and interviewed him and then um, he introduced me to his partner who then later hired me as a consultant having to do with alternative medicine and a center they were starting up and this life was like one good thing after another happened yeah. <laughs> meeting all sorts of lovely people and doing really helpful thing helpful good things so um yeah everything changed after that Uh, so just by doing that print edition and keeping going forward on on my dreams um i just had so many adventures and good things happen yeah that's amazing yeah so it wasn't like and suddenly I made gobs of money by doing this, you know, I still, <laughs> I still had to, you know, get advertisers or, and then take jobs here and there on the side, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I look back on it, all the fun and good people, we help good people that, you know, we all helped each other. And it was, I don't regret it one second. Yeah, it's great. Hey, it's JM here, and since we're talking about Jesus dreams, let me tell you about mine. It's one of the most powerful dreams I've ever had. It starts off with me in a field, and I look out, and there's grass and hills and thousands of people. And all of a sudden, this wave goes through all the people, and they bow down on one knee. And I look over to my left, and it's the man himself. It's Jesus. And he's exuding this presence. And I bow down on one knee. And he says to me, if you want to follow me, you must carry these. He says it clearly, carry these. And I feel someone holding on to 
my right shoulder and I look over and there's this old man and he's supporting himself on my shoulder and he has this look on his face like, sorry to bother you, dude, but I need some help here. Is it okay? And I decide, yes, yes, absolutely. I'm, I, I've got a strong shoulder. You can, you know, hold yourself up there. Is there anything else I can do for you? This dream, I mean, it's just a, you know, a little segment, a, a quick scene had a deep impact on me. It occurred during a time of my life when I was rethinking the Jesus narrative. After having grown up Christian, I went through a phase of questioning everything, and there was a book that was the catalyst for it. It was The Last Temptation of Christ by Nikos Kazantzakis. He also wrote Zorba the Greek, and the book was made into a, a movie. And after seeing that movie, reading the book especially, I started thinking about Jesus in a different way. And that dream took what had been years of questioning all of these various aspects of Christian doctrine, and it really simplified it. Carry these. Help when you can. Lend your shoulder to someone who needs it. You don't have to go out looking for it either. I wasn't looking for the man. He found me. And I've found since then, that was over 20 years ago, that just by being open to being helpful, those people who need that help, they come and they find me. So that's my Jesus dream. Before we get too far away from the dream, uh, what is your relationship to Jesus? Are you, yeah. are you like a, what, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm laughing because I, uh, I don't know why I did. I, yeah, it's interesting because it's not like I, I'm, you know, not religious. I'm not any one religion. I mean, sometimes people, if, if they ask my religion, I just say love is my religion mm. or, or doing good is my religion or something. Uh, nice. loving. You know, Jesus is great. Um, uh, you know, I have a picture of him on my altar. I also have just all sorts of, uh, you know, spirit guides, angels, this one, that one, Buddha, you know, you name it. They're all one big happy family and uh, of helpful um, guidance. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. So Jesus is one and a great one, but it's not like I'm this devout Christian and Jesus, you know, right. that kind of thing. Yeah, that's really really cool. Yeah, so that was, it made it extra interesting, you know, that he would right. show up out of <laughs> out of the blue. It's like, okay, great. Yeah, it just it's it's very interesting. The the dream went all in with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, like I was surprised. I, I imagine like receiving a dream where Jesus gives you guidance like that. That that's. Definitely guidance that someone would heed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Well, you know, it's a, it, it, you just brought to mind one time a few years ago, I went to a medical, I think it was called a medical in, in, intuitive type class. I was fascinated by that. And but then we, we broke, the teacher had us go break up into either two people, I guess it was two people at a time. Or, and this one woman said to the teacher privately, kind of, um, 
I'm not sure I want to team up with Lisi because I can see Jesus around her and I'm Jewish. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend you. So, but so I was unaware, but she apparently had sight, you know, and could see. It's like, Interesting. So I, yeah. I'm flattered, but, but I didn't mean to offend her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm clueless. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he must be. He must be in your uh, your bubble. That's very That's interesting. My bubble. That's a nice term. Yeah. Who's in your Who's in your bubble? I I kind of feel the same way as as you. Like um, all the great spiritual masters are are one big happy family for me as well. I I was brought up Roman Catholic, so Jesus does feel pretty close to me. I know, like I railed against being Catholic for a long time and but I always had a soft spot for Jesus because I, I don't know, he's can't do really any wrong. It's it's just yeah. everything else that got built up around him that gets a little uh problematic for me. Exactly. I did have a very interesting dream like two years ago where a devout aunt of mine showed up in my apartment and wanted to do ancestry stuff, which we were kind of doing at the time. And we get on the computer and uh, she plays something for me. And it's this video of Jesus. And also at the same time, in some way, it's like one of those weird things where you wake up and you're like, how did that even work? Um, where it was like almost simultaneously showing another story, which felt more like Camelot. There was a lot of like knights and yeah. that whole romantic kind of feel to that time time period. And uh, both scenes were very steeped in like death and rebirth kind of themes. And I'm watching it and I'm like very intri intrigued by it, very curious about it. But I kind of look up at her at one, at one point thinking that she's uh, just using this opportunity to push her, uh, <laughs> her Catholic beliefs on me or something. And uh i say to her i'm like this is cool and, and everything but i thought we were going to do ancestry stuff and she very very stoically and almost like something bigger moved through her and she just looked at me very seriously and was like this is our ancestry and i remember like the, the, the dream ripped apart and i woke up kind of gasping like what <laughs> wait a minute whoa, whoa whoa why did you end there like you can't end there like you gotta give me more it was like a bomb drop wow so did she was she kind of inviting you to 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 follow up kind of i mean yeah, dig deeper into it it's been like hard to really understand i've been trying to ask for more information on that and understand it deeper i sent her that dream and she gave me this amazing spiel that almost convinced me that like well yeah that makes perfect sense because you know history is his story and so all of us oh, yeah. have ancestry with jesus and his story is part of our ancestry and gave me this whole spiel and it, it was very convincing and she like really like hit the ball out of the park with that argument yeah, and I was like starting to go. Wait a minute, this is sabotaging all my intuition about this dream, <laughs> and um, I'm like, I got to step away from this for a minute. But it, it was very a, a very interesting take on it, and 
I don't know if I fully resonate with that. I think it's it's a very interesting yeah way to look at it, but yeah. I wonder that's fascinating. But when I was having a lot of crucifixes show up in my dreams, uh the the big ones where the the cross showed up were always in league with king like the king and and on a couple ones it was almost like it was a camelot scene and so those two themes are very interwoven in a very interesting way so i'm still trying to piece together like what that even really means for me wonder if you have you just researched plain old camelot and see if that triggers any new clues or new memories or thoughts yeah i'll have to i'll have to dig into a little deeper because i haven't i haven't really given too much too much time or thought to it, but yeah, yeah. I see the the fish symbol. You know that, like, mm-hmm. create that infinity symbol. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That sometimes I'll just see little flashes of that here and there. Nice. Do you have any deeper idea of why? It had to be Jesus, or just just to get your attention and to make you maybe feel more comfortable with making that hard choice. Or yeah. what do you why do, why do you think? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I love uh, studying and praying to and listening to all the different masters and holy ones so many of them um yeah maybe he he just decided to elbow in and be the one to come <laughs> in <laughs> you know what i mean i mean i've had dreams of like prior to that of saint Teresa of lucille wow. you know hugging me and different fun things but maybe yeah i, I think you have a point there yeah because it's you can't, it's so dramatic, you can't argue, you can't like say, well, you can't second guess it, basically. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a dream once of, and it wasn't in, I didn't, hadn't asked any question. I was just uh, fascinated by St. Teresa. Um, and uh, I dreamt that I was on the computer, and then I could, I, I, I looked at the computer and I could see myself at the computer and I could see her in back of me, you know what I mean? Like yeah. see her and then see her and then see her. And then she hugged me from behind. And it was such an amazing feeling. Like it just, mm. it was as if I had just burst through to heaven and it was so joyful. I couldn't take it. I had to wake up. It was just like so blissful. Wow. Yeah. I was like, wow, my God. She put a power in me that was just can't even describe how blissful it was. Oof. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I can almost feel that the way you just told them. I was like, ooh, gave me chills <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember my one of the spiritual teachers at the time, he's, I was telling him about these different things that were happening, and he said, yeah, the masters sometimes they pass you around. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny, right? So there'll be Jesus for a while, then Saint Teresa, then this one, then that one. Well, they come and teach you and help and bless you in various ways. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So we don't know who's gonna pa- who will be passed around to next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And I think it's uh, it's very interesting because you said his palms, there was fire coming out of his palms. Yeah, like a lot, you know, like he was holding his arms, like really coming out of his, I think it was coming out of his arms altogether, if I remember. Oh, wow. It was quite the flame, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Quite, yeah. Yeah, very dramatic. So Do you have he, any thoughts on that? Is that like... I mean, he he tells you onto bigger opportunities. Is that like creative fire? Is that uh... that's a good? That's a lovely question. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it really. That because I guess it took a lot of like inner fire, kind of you know, chutzpah in a way. Just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just right. gonna put out another print edition. I don't care. Just pound the pavement, get ads. That's it. Chop chop. Um, that took some fire. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're living in New York for to just up and quit your job. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a kind of a doozy. Uh. <laughs> that's a total doozy. So I don't know if I'm brave or, or, or really in, insane or stupid or something. But, you know, Jesus advised it. So I said, I have, have, yeah. that's my excuse. I had to follow his instructions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah a few years ago, I went through a really hard hard a hard uh, time period where I I up and quit a job that I was at and that was hard enough. I I can't imagine. I was actually when I was preparing for this interview, I was thinking about that and I was like, God, had had that whole progression like that whole time period happened while I was still in New York. I don't know. I think uh, my soul would have had to find a different way to do that because that was. Uh, it would not have worked very well <laughs> for me in New York. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like Minnesota must be, to me, it's like a nice place for dreaming, nice and quiet, open sky, um, sort of peaceful and not yeah, much. Yeah, I would noise. say that I've, my dreams have definitely, they've definitely worked me out here. They've definitely been pretty powerful and. Uh, there, there is like a lot of nature and a lot of lakes and uh, Minneapolis itself is a relatively smaller city, so it's not super crazy. I mean, everything with like last year with George Floyd and oh, yeah, all of that sure. has made the city uh, a little bit unstable and its, it's energy is uh, pretty, uh, pretty ungrounded at the moment for the most part, but... Uh, yeah. Overall, it's it's a very nice place to live for sure. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I my apartment happens. I'm really blessed with quiet. Very. Mm-hmm. Quiet. It's at the end of a of a dead end street. Very quiet. Uh, but yeah. But then to go out <laughs> the minute you go out, it's yeah. You embrace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what borough are you in? I'm in in Manhattan. Okay. So uh, Upper West Side. Upper West Side. Okay. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I gotta miss that city so bad. I can't even tell you. <laughs> you should come back to visit. I want to so bad. Yeah. I can't believe that in the last ten years I haven't been back there once. Oh, you'd love it. It's um, you know, a beautiful springtime we're having, and with the pandemic finally winding down a bit, it's just there's so much joy in the air. It's mm. so much love in the air, you know. Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, do you mind 
speaking more to your your meeting with Dr. Oz? Yeah, that was uh, well. So I I I, I at the Wall Street Journal. I put out another print edition. I'm trying to remember how it went. So then I interviewed Judy Collins, and that went really well. And then she was at a book awards ceremony, uh, and and uh, another author, Erica Jong, was getting an award. So anyway, I got invited to this event, and at the event was Dr. Oz. So I said, I have this newspaper, I'd like to interview you. So he gave me his card, and then I, the following week, went up to his office and interviewed him. Wow. And he had a lot to say. This was before his show. Really? Um, okay. he, had, he, he, was, he had been on the cover of New York Times Magazine, and his Department of Complementary Medicine Services within New York Presbyterian Hospital was starting to get kind of famous because there he was in the middle of a Western medicine hospital and had this increasingly successful um, integrative medicine center. So it was kind of a pioneering uh, idea. And then other hospitals started to copy what he was doing. Wow. So he had a lot of innovative ideas that were really helping people holistically. And he was being listened to because he was also a successful heart surgeon. It was good. So, well, yeah, I guess I don't yeah. really know that much about him. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, he said, and then he said, you have to meet my co-founder of the department. That was Jerry Whitworth, who then later hired me to help him. Well, I said, he said he was going to start a center in Midtown, just like they were doing at the hospital, but for when you get out of the hospital or we just come to it in any case. So I said, you know, if you ever need any help, uh, let me know. And, uh, you know, researching or you know, any kind of help that you might need writing, editing. So anyway, he hired me and I had a great time helping him and others uh, get that Midtown Center going. Wow. Yeah. Did you have any other dreams once you made that leap that were significant for you to stay the course and find your way? I remember this one woman wanted to work with me newspaper stuff and I just didn't get a good feeling about her and I had a dream we were at a restaurant uh, and she reached across the table to touch my arm but she twisted it and it was hurting more and more and it was like she was trying to break it and I woke up like ow and and then wow. I, it actually hurt and I woke up and I I thought okay I don't think I'm going to be working with her it's like it was very clear yeah, wow, that's yeah, <laughs> that's another great one. Cause yeah, and then I like to I like the notion of like her twisting your arm, twisting it right. Yeah, I like like she's gonna be a, a handful of work with yeah. and is gonna just arm wrestle you into submission and yeah. So it started. It kind of went from twisting to actually feel like she was like breaking. You know what I mean? Like, Ow! What are you doing? Fortunately, I woke myself up. that's the thing i i I tend i haven't ever been able to be in the midst of a dream and then become lucid and hey i'm dreaming and then 
try to redirect it. I, I just, if it gets really bad, I just go, okay, no, this is just too much. I'm going to wake up now. <laughs> I've had it with this one. They get me out of here. That's funny. So one time, it wasn't really guiding me, but I found it fascinating. I, one of the people who helped invest in the newspaper long ago, I dreamt that he picked me up in a car. We're driving along. We're talking about how did you sleep? What was your, did you get enough rest? And then he takes me to this big mansion type house and we walk in and when you first walk in, it looks like from the Beverly Hillbillies type mansion, you know, big with chandelier and um, spiral staircase type of thing. And then years later, that exact thing happened. He picked me up in a car. We talked about sleep and who, how was your sleep. We go to this his big mansion, and it looks just like, you know, chandelier, spiral steps. Wow. And I go, my God, I dreamt this before. <laughs> and it was amazing. And then I, you know, I, I reflect on it. I think, hmm, I would be, it's delightful and, and awesome. I think, I wish I could, other than saying, hey, what do you know? I dreamt this already. It'd be fun to put it that to better, you know, even better use, you know, like to be helpful with it, you know, like mm -hmm. um, help myself, help others, you know, besides the lottery, but uh, some other way to dream something beforehand in, in a way that can be super helpful to somebody. Right. But I got a kick out of it anyway. Yeah, it's it's really interesting when I, I don't know if I've ever had a dream do that, but I've heard stories of that, and you know sometimes sometimes it it, it is very prophetic in the way of like trying to to warn you of something, and other yeah. times like this where it's just kind of I don't know if mundane is the right word for it, but it's not like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't know the full story, but it wasn't like it was trying to warn you of anything or anything too special yeah. outside of just having you recognize that these experiences are possible. Yeah. Also, I was thinking too, like just showing, I felt because uh, our lives have intertwined so much and he's been helpful to me. I've been helpful to him, I hope. Um, so it's, it feels very karmic and destined in a way. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was, you know, a gift to dream it beforehand. Do you have any idea at this point, like uh, how far between having the dream and having that experience happen was? I know that was probably a little mm -hmm. while ago. Like five or six years. I, I think I'd, I'd have to look it up, but some, like let's say approximately somewhere between three and five years beforehand and then it happened. Later. Wow, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I know. And the two of you had worked together that whole time? Oh, uh, we had worked previous, and then he sort of came back into my life and hired me for other okay. things, too. Yeah, helping with some, some writing about family members and obituaries and different mm. things. Very interesting, because I, I guess in some ways it, it almost feels like maybe it's just like affirming that the two of you were like meant to work with each other in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, we're like having that experience and waking life a few years later, and it just 
to me, I, I feel like that would that would be affirming to me that we we were right to have been working with each other all along. That there's something that ties yeah. us together, and there's something that ties us together. Yeah, exactly. And this was also when I actually did when he picked me up in the car and all that was to help with his his mother had just died, and so I was helping with eulogy and obituary and stuff like that so it was very much having to do with the other side too mm. you know interesting destiny at work yeah that's very cool hey it's jm here and steve and lisi here have just hit on a huge subject that people often ask me about which is how can dreams be used to help us to make the right decisions and tap into that power that they have to seemingly see ahead into the future and know what's right for us. Well, I like to say that dreams show and you decide. The the dream is not going to impose anything on you. It's not going to make your decisions for you. I get that a lot from people who think that their dreams are some kind of oracle and it's they want someone else to make their decisions for them. Dreams aren't going to do that. They're going to give you the information that you need to make your own decisions. Like when Lisi had that dream about the girl twisting her arm and she knew in her gut, yeah, this person isn't going to be a good one for me to work with. The dream gives her the information that she needs. She could have hired the person and then found out that the dream was right, that it wasn't the right person. Dreams don't impose on us. They want us to be able to live our lessons. And sometimes making the wrong decision, it's valuable because there's a lesson in it. And sometimes we have to live our mistakes in order to not repeat them. So your dreams are not going to stop you from making that mistake. They're going to help you to assimilate the information and uh, and learn the lesson from it so that you can do better in the future. Also, what is the source of this perspective and information that dreams give? Is it something bigger than ourselves? Well, the dreaming mind is connected with something bigger than us, which is the unconscious mind. It's this bigger picture of who we really are. But what I mean is that people have this idea that their dreams must be tapping into some kind of universal source, you know, God, or, you know, that there's there's something out there that's more enlightened than they are. But sometimes I think that saying that is an excuse for not recognizing that that power is within ourselves. The subconscious part of the mind that creates our dreams helps us to put together information and connect dots in a way that maybe during our waking lives, we just don't have the attention or the the brain processing power left over after everything else gets done with us to be able to put together the dots that we've, we've picked up on it, but we just didn't put it all together. 
So while we're asleep, our brain is able to kind of get out of its usual patterns of thinking, the linear uh, way of thinking. And the senses are shut down, so there's more brain processing power that's made available so that we can focus on these other things. And we can put together the dots and see the big picture that maybe we're not seeing while we're awake. And what it really means for us in this discussion is is that the dreams that they're describing could just as well be tapping into their own powers of, of intuition and reason. And it's not necessarily reaching out to grab hold of something else and bring it into the picture. It's not to say that dreams can't do that. We saw an example of this in episode three with Linda Schiller, where her dreaming mind was able to see ahead and know that the daughter that had been picked for her to adopt, the nine-month-old baby, was the right baby for her. And the only way it could really know that was to be able to see or at least sense the future that they were going to have together. So remember this, the next time that your dreams give you some information to work with, go with your hunches about it, make your own decisions about it, allow yourself to have the freedom, even if you make the wrong decision, to live that experience and to learn from it. But I will say, you can probably save yourself a lot of trouble that if a dream is that clear about what it thinks of a situation or what it thinks of a person, whether you're good together or you're not so good together or you're totally wrong for each other, then it's probably a good idea to pay attention and listen. Well, to stay to stay in line with the uh, dreams that help us make big kind of life decisions. I have another one that I can share. Um, And it's fitting again because it pertains to me moving to New York City. So it'd be kind of fun to to share this one with you. Yeah. Um, So I moved to New York City in September of 2009. And just two months before that is when Erica and I met. And she lived out here in Minneapolis, and I was in upstate New York, where my folks were from. And I had just graduated college about six months before that. And I had somebody I went to school with that was going to be graduating that summer had told me earlier in the year, he's like, hey, man, I plan on buying a one-way ticket to New York, and I'm just going to go. And if you want to come with me, you should come with me. And because I, I had plans on moving to New York City after I, I got out of college, I stayed home for that six or seven months and saved up a bunch of money and I uh, was, was hoping that I would go down there. But I don't think if, if he didn't pop back into the picture and go, hey, man, come with me. I don't know if I would have been brave enough to just go there all by myself and <laughs> So, like, it was getting close to the summer, and I hadn't really heard from him uh, at all. And I was getting really restless in the town that my folks are from, and there wasn't really any job opportunities for me. And 
there was a few recording studios up in that area because I went to school for music recording. And so I had, okay. had no real job opportunities that were like anything exciting up that way. And so I was like, well, I got to get out of here. I got to go somewhere. I can't get stuck here. And luckily, he all of a sudden popped back on the radar and was like, uh, this is the date I'm going to be flying in. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you, God, that you showed back up because, man, I I would have never done this on my own. <laughs> and But then July hits and I had music up online and it was on MySpace. I don't know if you remember MySpace. I do, yeah. Yeah, so I had a bunch of music posted on there and uh, my hip hop name at the time was Aquarius and Erica is an Aquarius, as am I. And she was just on MySpace Googling musicians and said said she uh, searched for the Age of Aquarius song and by uh, Fifth Dimension. And she, I had a hip hop song on my page called The Age of Aquarius that sampled that song. Uh, for a hip-hop beat. And so she found my page, and she just sent me a quick little message and was like, hey, really dig your aqua vibes or something goofy like that uh, with little smiley faces. And I uh, clicked on her page, and it was just, like, so cool. Like, you could tell, like, she was just a, an incredibly, like, hardcore music fan, and she had all these little... I guess they would be considered memes, uh, little postage things on there about music and spirituality. And it just seemed like the two of them were like very intertwined for her. And that was like so much where I was at. And I was just like, who is this chick? Like, (laughs) (laughs) and so we just started talking uh, through uh, email for a couple months there, right before I, I moved to New York. And I was, starting to feel myself fall in love and I'm like, oh God, what am I what am I supposed to do? Like I, I just meet this amazing chick and I keep calling her chick, that's weird. Uh this amazing woman and now I'm I'm also about to just move to New York City. Like what what's gonna happen with this relationship and you know, should I just be should I be hanging out here for a little bit longer to see what happens with us and we figure out how we're gonna work this thing and I'm like, I might be getting ahead of myself here a little bit. Like, And so I, I got real firm with my dreams one night, and I was like, I really need to know the course that I'm supposed to take right now. Do I go to New York? Do I try to see what's going to happen with this relationship that's budding in a really beautiful way? Um, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I had this dream that I was on the subway, and I'm getting off the train and it empties me out into this very grand building and it was almost like the subway entrance to this building so it was like this giant staircase in front of you but the building kind of opened up within the subway terminal and you could see the expansiveness and everything felt so like inviting and it just like felt like it was calling me to it and I woke up and I felt so sure that it was suggesting that you must go to New York. 
and everything will still be all right. And I was almost like, you got to go to New York. You don't know if this relationship's going to go anywhere. And this is like, I had, I've had such a calling to live in New York my whole life that this was like my opportunity to, yeah, to do it. Yeah, it was before you to do. Yeah. And so it was like, the dream was very softly and very encouraging, encouragingly like, you got to do it for yourself. Like, you've taken a backseat all the time for this person and that person and everything. Uh, you have to do this for yourself and you'll find that everything's going to work out just fine. And wow. I woke up so like happy about that because it, in one sense it was like, yeah, all right, yeah, I have to do this for myself, A. And B, if if it's meant to be, it's going to be meant to be. We're going to we're gonna work it out. We're going to figure it out. And so, yeah, I, I went all in on going to New York and me and her did the long distance thing from Minneapolis to New York for a little over a year. And I was trying to get wow. her to come out there. <laughs> and I was like, I just got here and I'm just loving it. It's so exciting to be here. And every time she would come to visit, which was, I think she visited three or four times that year. And it was just so amazing to be in love in New York. It was just like such a romantic city when you're just bopping around town with someone that you're in love with and so many things to do and so much cool food to eat and so many cool places to go and it was just amazing and it just felt like I was in a movie (laughs) I was in my own personal New York rom-com I love it it's great yeah so that's beautiful And then uh, New York was starting to kind of eat me alive. I had a job that was not paying me nearly enough. And uh, I remember asking my boss for more money like you're asking your boss. And he said, oh, I can't give you a raise. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you barely pay me anything. <laughs> and I'm like, "How? first of all, how is New York City only have like at the time, it was eight fifty for their minimum wage, and I'm like, "How is that literally New York City's minimum wage?" That just like just baffled me when I got there. Like, I, I would have thought there was like a different minimum wage between upstate and in right, the city. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you would think. And right? I was just blown away, and my boss was like, "No, oh, don't don't you realize that like almost everybody that lives here has to have like two or three jobs to survive. And I just was like, no, I will not accept that. Uh-huh. And yeah. So when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to get her to, to make the leap out this, out, well, out this way, out, out towards New York, uh, I was just kind of like, okay, well, what's like the cost of living in Minneapolis? And she just laughed. Yeah. She's like, are you kidding me? Like based on what you pay, like, so we were both blessed by not getting a raise yeah pretty much yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah that's interesting i like that well you were also you're also inspiring me to fall in love in new york city now that i gotta try that too i encourage it yeah (laughs) do you have any other dreams that you can think of that that really helped you uh make a make a decision of some sort a few weeks ago i had a dream it's kind of a long involved dream but at the end of it i don't remember did you see the movie shawshank redemption when he goes through that pipe that 
and he comes out the other side and he's free. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it, um, but I, I have seen it, I guess. He escapes from prison, has to go through this yucky pipe and crawl and crawl, and then he finally pops out the other side into a brook, and he's free at last. So in this dream, I see this dog kind of pops out from that same kind of pipe, and he looks dead, but I know that he's not dead, that he just needs some rest. <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I took that dream to mean you know, that I should, you know, that I'm not dead, I just need some more sleep and more rest. Because <laughs> I wasn't at all worried about this. Like the uh, any observer might go, uh-oh, what's happening with the dog? But I said, oh, no, the dog's going to be really fine. Uh, just needs a little rest. So that, that made me feel better because I'd have some minor health challenges. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought, oh, okay, I just have more self-care and a bit more rest, and I'll be like that dog rearing to go. Nice. So that kind of made a decision in that way to, you know, do a lot of fun, healthy things, including I already was getting enough sleep, but I just figured I'll get more. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you say, dreams. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I wish uh, my dreams would tell me that because, man, I've just been so busy just running by the the seat of my pants the last couple of years with a couple of creative projects I've been working on. And since I can't really give any time to it when my family's awake that means i have a lot of sleepless nights working on stuff and yeah be sure to get enough sleep that's so important yeah i'm like i'm all i'm real fired up so it it hasn't it hasn't really made me crash and burn yet but anytime that i really feel uh like my body's like okay man seriously like (laughs) Uh, you can give yourself a break. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I do, you know, each body and each person is different. I need, yeah. For me, I, I tend to, to need, you know, at least eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, six or seven is okay, too. But, um, but you know, I read about people like Jay Leno, um, what's her name, Martha Stewart, and different people throughout history. They, they you know, four hours or something. I, I would just be a zombie with four hours, but yeah. some people really thrive on it, evidently. Yeah, I, I do okay with it, but it's not ideal. I can go either way. I can go on little sleep and be fine for a little bit, and then, or I can just sleep all day if I really wanted. Yeah. I know some people are like, no, no, I got to be up at six o'clock, yeah. and no matter how much sleep I get, I'm up at six o'clock and. I'm like, no, oh, I could, I yeah. could easily sleep all afternoon <laughs> if that's what it meant. Yeah. And catch a few Z's yeah. if you need to. Yeah. Uh, before I forget this thought, real quick, uh, it's it's interesting that it's a dog, and it kind of like it made me think back to the dream I shared initially. Oh it's yeah. Like, uh, it, especially since you're kind of associating yourself with the dog, it's kind of like in the same sense, like having loyalty towards yourself and taking care of yourself and recognizing your needs yeah. and you know doing doing what you got to do to take care of yourself yeah you know it, it, it remind me too i had a dream i forget how long ago a year ago maybe um where my gra- my father's father he where he only comes in once in a great while 
And he came to me and we were chatting and he just gave me the message that I was like, uh, oh, what did he say? Energy dog. <laughs> and so I thought, energy dog? You know, in the morning, I'm like, energy dog? <laughs> so I, I've come to realize through different things that have happened that like I have like a kind of a the energy of a dog, you know what I mean? Like, and it's and it's so weird um, because around my neighborhood there's a lot of dogs, and it's uncanny. Actually, kind of since that dream, dogs come like running up to me. They they stop in their tracks and they turn around, and their owners are going, "What is going on?" <laughs> so I think I think I'm on some like different vibration where the like it's similar to a dog's, and they they think they they think I'm a dog or something. It's, it's funny. I know it must sound crazy, but since, <laughs> since since my grandfather said that in the dream, I've been very aware. Of, and so, yeah, there's that. Now there's you. Thank you for you. Wow. Triggered the idea of a theme here, a dog theme. Or maybe it's like that lady seeing Jesus around you. You have an energy dog that follows you yeah. around, and they're very interested. That's about right. It. <laughs> and the dogs in the neighborhood are seeing. It. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's a positive influence, right? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, some people have things around them they don't want around, but a dog is right. always welcome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and your dog is in your in your soul's home, being loyal and protective. Yeah, she was a sweet dog too. Very sweet. Yeah. Very, very much had like a, a very heart based energy to her. Just so happy and was just like your best friend and she was sweet yeah during the pandemic dogs have really come to everybody's rescue mm, I bet yeah I always think about what it must be like being in quarantine in New York yeah very interesting I, I'm so grateful that I live near the river uh, and so I've got I can be in Riverside Park in about you know, four minutes and, uh, and then central park up a 10 or 15 minute walk. But to be, I just go, I can go for a walk. It's safe neighborhood. So I can walk in the park near here mm-hmm. or go to the river. If it's sunset, I go dashing down there to watch the sunset. So for me, I've been saved by nature, even in New York city. Um, I feel bad for people who like, I don't know, like I have a friend in Greenwich Village. He just there's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got to stay in, basically. Mm-hmm. But here, nature. Well, soon we'll look back on this and go, "Oh, we got through that." Do you believe? Yeah. Or we'll look at pictures with masks and go, "Oh, oh my know. God, thank God, that's over." Seriously. You know, I was I was telling a couple of people like. Uh, this is going to be something that when I'm a, a grandfather, my grandkids will be like, yeah. why is Grandpa Steve so weird about like washing hands and, uh, you know, this and that. And I can imagine like my, I can imagine Luca being like, well, you got to understand Grandpa, uh, he had to go through the, the pandemic of 2020. And, and I just imagine it's going to be like one of those generational things. Like my yeah, grandparents yeah. were so like stingy <laughs> about certain things. And my right. parents were always like, well, you know, they, they lived through the depression. <laughs> and I'll say grandpa lived through the 
pandemic of 2020? <laughs> oh, wow. Tell us about it, Grandpa. Oh, right. Tell us about it again. <laughs> Seriously, it's going to be so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very historic, case, and we came through it. Uh, you know, all the all the character building and growth producing experiences yeah. that we collectively went through. Oof. We have a new administration and a new, um, you know, more health on the way, better health on the way. I like that. I guess, do you, do you have any final thoughts or final comments to make on the significance or your appreciation of your dreams coming to your aid like that with the dream, the dream of Jesus? Or any like final comments on like looking back? Uh, you know, it's been over 20 years since you had it, and you can see how your life has gone since that dream and the opportunities that have been presented to you over the course of that time. And can you offer us uh, a little bit of what this dream yeah, that's, meant for that's you? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, just being on your show and talking about it and thinking about it, it's really giving me a surge of deep gratitude. And um, it's, it's inspiring further reflection. I mean, now I really want to look at the big picture of just how pivotal that, that dream was and all that's happened since then, all the dreams and all the life that's happened. Um, and it makes me look forward to what's ahead, too, you know? For sure. <laughs> so much has happened since then, and now a new chapter. Um, but yeah, just talk. It's it's great to to talk about it with someone who understands and asks great questions and gets me thinking about, you know, that saying, not why did this happen to me, why did it happen for me, you know? So why mm. did this happen for me? Um, and had not, I didn't go through it. I, how did you, uh, instead of how do you go through it? How do you grow through it? You know, those kind of things. So yeah. what, what growth happened and how, why did it happen for me? Um, or just being grateful that it did happen. Um, yeah. Cause know, uh, if you hadn't had that dream, how do you think you would have approached that yeah. situation? Do you think you would have had yeah. the, the, the gumption to, to leave there or? good question like if I just had no dream that night <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I just didn't yeah wow good question I was leaning toward I guess I was leaning towards leaving um, uh, yeah I wish I could go back in time to sort of remember <laughs> how I because on the one hand it was a, you know it was fun job it was easy just working with art with music on and nice people um, but it wasn't that's wasn't where I wanted to grow in life you know mm -hmm. disappointing you might say that they couldn't cough up just like a dollar more or whatever more I was asking yeah I know you know what I mean but yeah I, I don't I wish I could answer that question I may have I may have just left anyway but who knows right right if I had no dream I might have said well let me hang in there a little longer or, yeah. or for longer or even worse. What if they gave me a promotion and a raise and then I'd be there? My life would be different. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it, it seems like a pretty pivotal dream where 
you know, your life could have went one or two ways. Because I imagine for myself, like thinking about it, like, it, well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, look at how the dream presented itself. It was very, yeah. <laughs> it was very intense and like yeah. very intentional that no, you got other things to do. Yeah. And let's not even humor the fact of staying there any longer. Yeah. Here's Jesus with his flaming arms going, let's soar, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like I wake up and go, well, let's see. I wonder if I should still stay now. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's interesting that, uh, you know, we, neither of us got the raises we were wanting, and then that turned our lives in good directions. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's like one of those, uh, those moments where, you know, the disappointing thing happens. But ultimately, it ends up yeah. Yeah. Uh, opening the way for something even greater than what we wanted originally. Yeah, definitely. Like we just wanted just like a just a little bit more money, and that's what yeah. we thought we wanted. But life had even better plans in yeah. mind. <laughs> better plans, exactly. Yeah, I just never know what good thing will happen next. Yeah, I personally think that that's what is what's so amazing about uh, dreams that help us to make these decisions. Uh, in one of our earlier episodes, uh, a woman was adopting a baby, and uh, the agency gave her a picture and was like, "This is the baby that was selected for you." And she's like, "Oh my god! All of a sudden, this is like a really hard decision. Like, is this my baby, or is there a different baby that's supposed to be my baby?" And she had a, a dream that was very simple and very straightforward, just like yours. And that, I mean, that, that changes everything because, and, and I mean, in relation to the two stories here, yours and hers, uh, I mean, th those are very different paths that emerge from honoring the wisdom of that dream. So it's, you know, for you to have, accepted that dream and what it was saying that no I guess I'm I'm leaving my job which is which is a very hard decision especially these days you know having financial stability and security is is a very is a very easy thing to just sit on and be like well you know this isn't a totally awful job it doesn't fully fulfill me but you know it's paying my bills and and that kind of thing it's easy to like you know just settle and it's it's just so comical to me, like how hardcore that dream was, like just so, just didn't hold anything back. <laughs> it was like, here's Jesus. Nobody doesn't listen to Jesus. It's like, don't hold back, Jesus. Tell me how we really feel. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I like what you said too. Honoring the wisdom of the dream. That's a nice. That's a beautiful way of saying it. Yeah, because it seems like, I mean, with that show, From Your Dreams, it seems like the deep self was very invested that you take that step. And, you know, that the intelligence behind the dream obviously knows something. And it's being very clear that, you know, this is the path for you. This is where we want you to go. And if you don't do this, then, you know, it might not be life or death for you, but... Yeah. You know, the opportunity that will present itself to you by going this step or this route uh, 
is going to be so much more in alignment with who you are and, you know, where we're trying to take you. And who knows if the same opportunity will be readily available for you if you wait on it. And who knows how long those cycles take to come back around to line everything up for you to get the opportunity that you need to meet this person to do that thing and yeah yeah you know we 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 can never know so who knows like had you not honored that request by your dreams to to leave your job and to to do that new thing and to you know try to do your paper and meet dr oz and meet the other guy and you know everything else that snowballed you know, yeah. as you as you start down that path, I mean, I mean, would, do you think that you would have ever really crossed paths with <laughs> Doctor Oz? Had you met? Probably, yeah, probably not. He just happened to be at this event, all cheerful and friendly, and to everybody. And oh, I'd like to interview. Okay, here's my card. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, nice, good person, all together. It's really cool. Yeah, so it just seems like, uh, you know, when there are these big kind of defining moments in our lives, the deep self is very invested in the decisions that we're going to make um, based on this kind of pivot moment or this nexus point that we're we're at with where our life can go from here. And I feel like uh, when you, like you did, like if you ask for that dream to, to give you insight, it it readily comes because the deep self is very invested in how the next chapter of your life is going to go. So especially in those big moments, I just want to encourage everybody out there listening, like ask, like seriously ask yeah. because you'll get the dream. I, I assure you <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll come. Well, it's interesting because there was the, um, when there, the added urgency because I had to tell them the next day, but even if you don't have a urgency, like, ask with urgency you know like Mm -hmm. i I think that's helped me too it's like i really need some guidance on this um maybe even do like some light a candle or really show the power divine powers that be or your deep self i really need some help on this for sure whether there's an actual deadline the next day or or it's a sort of a deadline within well, very cool. Well, thank you so much for having this awesome conversation with me. Uh, it's been really, really wonderful to reconnect with you and uh, to to hear this really cool story and all the other tidbits that you offered us here tonight. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm so uh, grateful and delighted. I, I've had such a good time and just opened up all sorts of new thoughts and insights and gratitudes. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, till we speak again. <laughs> until we speak again. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be another 10 years. <laughs> I'll see you in dreamland and night school. Right. There we go. Well, here we are, dreamers, at the end of another episode of the Dreams That Shape Us podcast, where we have proven once again that dreams are immensely meaningful, immensely valuable, and that they can help you make the biggest decisions in our lives. 
And I bet that you have also had the experience of having a big decision to make and you went to sleep on it. We say, oh, well, let me sleep on it before I make that big decision. It's allowing the deeper parts of ourselves to speak to those decisions, to give us the information and perspective so that we can make those decisions for ourselves and sometimes to seemingly see ahead in the future and know what the probabilities are and see how it's all coming together and gelling together right now. Which fork in the road do you take? Which one will lead you to the most growth? Which one will bring the most value back to you and for the people who are involved with you and the decisions that you make? I'm your co-host, J.M. DeBoard. You can look up me at jmdeboard.com. Check out some of my books and the online classes that I offer that will teach you how to explore and understand your dreams. My partner in the dream, Mr. Stephen Ernenwine, is known as AQ the Dreamwalker. His music, inspired by his dreams, is all over the internet. You can find it at your favorite streaming service. And Lisi, she is the publisher of The New Sun. You can find that at newsun.com. We thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.